<laughs> All right. Well, welcome, guys. Uh, I'm sure you guys had a nice, uh, nice, relaxing morning. I'm sure. My morning is oh, yeah. quite hectic as I've been managing the stream all morning, but <laughs> looks like Vase, you're still uh you're still all snugged up in your bedroom. Uh, yeah, well if I turn the heater on, it's so loud that it's gonna interrupt the stream, so I have to wear I have to bundle up. It's Suffer. Not, not bad audio. <laughs> yeah. Suffer for your art, Vase. <laughs> yeah. Your country press. It's the life. <laughs> yeah, what's that like? <laughs> what the... <laughs> What's a friend for your heart? What's that like? Right? <laughs> you wouldn't understand. No, no. Who is that? What, what is that disembodied voice? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I um, I'm not on camera right now because I look like butt. <laughs> well, I wasn't shaming you. I was just saying, ladies and gentlemen, MJ Newman. <laughs> Hello. In case it wasn't obvious. <laughs> we really appreciate hey, you taking you the time to come on and join us for a little bit. It's really Hell nice yeah. to have you, MJ. That's, that's my pleasure. So, thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. So normally we do a little bit of preamble, but uh, we'll we'll skip that in the in the interest of time here. Uh, Vase, why don't you uh, why don't you go ahead telethon. and bam 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 some questions at him. Wow, just like that. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. If we're gonna if skip the intro, anyone doesn't know. If we're gonna skip the intro and not introduce ourselves or whatever, you know that's cool. Two things: number one, uh, I've been telling my brand new cat Onyx all about. Um, oh my god! MJ coming on and uh, uh, hey Onyx, look at the screen. You're, you're making me look bad. Yeah, uh, Onyx really wanted really wanted to meet you. Uh, okay, oh, there you go. There we go. I got. Yeah, I saw that. There, wait, cats everywhere. There we go. Oh my goodness. I, let me see. If my cat shows up at any point, I will turn on my camera and I will push her into it so that you Just can see it. Uh, that, that is a beautiful cat. Oh my God. I love black cats. Black cats are amazing. Uh, and then just real quick, in honor of having MJ on the stream and this being for charity, I have a very, very special, just a few question trivia round that incorporates MJ. Are we ready? Absolutely. All right. Here All we go. Right. Um, name Poppy's best friend in the book, Dark Drifters. Anybody. Please tell me. Okay. Anybody? Because, like, my wife's been reading it and she's asleep <laughs> well, right now. Anybody can answer. I think it's unfair if I answer. <laughs> no, no. That's the point, MJ. That's the point. Okay. Anybody. Five. Charlotte. Four, nobody. Correct. Awesome job. For a bonus point, uh, I happen to have a copy of the book right here. Um, oh, hell yeah. I'm going to start reading a random thing here, and uh, I would like anybody to uh, finish. <clears throat> Protect the drift. Anybody in stream? <laughs> Nobody? I got to go get my copy. Slay the nightmare. <laughs> Free the Mara. Do not go dark. That is verbatim what I have uh, in my book, everybody. This is you're really good at this. Uh, and just yeah, I wonder just why. to point out, um, I just want to give a quick shout out because not only has MJ been absolutely incredible over the years, producing great content for all of us here uh, to to love Arkham Horror and the beautiful writing, great pacing, played again and again and again. Uh, but then uh, MJ took a passion project with uh is it nomi rimo uh nano rimo uh, national Rimo. i don't think i will ever say it correct because i didn't <laughs> on the last one uh, and, and made dark drifters <laughs> the key in the crescent so i just wanted to give a shout out and uh, people can find your book I, I assume online is that right i'm sorry uh yeah yeah you can find it on um on my personal website beware and you can also find cool. it on like Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and stuff like that. Yeah, so I just wanted to give a quick shout out, not quite Arkham related, but coming from someone that I think everybody in this channel uh, respects the art of very much. Uh, thank you for letting me do that. <laughs> thank oh, you so much. Oh, and winner. MJ also won the trivia round. I just want to point that oh, out. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Base, I am unpausing you. 
Go. Uh, we're just going to quick fire questions right away, just like that. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, I guess since we're on the topic <laughs> of writing, of you being a writer, uh, have you ever considered writing an Arkham Horror novella? Ooh. Have I ever considered it? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, it's tough because my workload is already kind of like filled and the key in the crescent like uh like nathan said was kind of a passion project so it was like a side project that didn't like that had nothing to do with ffg that was me on my personal time writing an arkham horror novella obviously that would be for ffg right so ostensibly that would take that would eat into my work time you know what i mean um so that's that's kind of a tough it's kind of a tough sell for management i think you know um but it was something I would love to do. And uh, who knows, maybe maybe um, with Aconite now in the mix, writing, uh, getting authors to do like tie-in fiction, uh, mostly long-form fiction, like novels, um, maybe that's a possibility down the line. Who knows? I, I think it'd be really cool. We've had, um, we've had other FFG designers write novellas before, so it's not unheard of. Yeah, if anyone is qualified, certainly it would be you, right? <laughs> Okay, I will send so you. Uh, I will send you the email of my boss. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if you did, if you did write one, which investigator would you pick to write a story for? Ooh, now that's a good question. Mm. I think it would be Skids. Nice. Because I think Skids I has that. a really rich backstory. I would love to tell the story of how he got caught. Um, <laughs> or maybe, or maybe the story of like you know him getting him just getting out and like. Um, you know, figuring out that there's more to this world. You know what I mean? Um, you know, like you can always have a flashback. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I will. Ideally, I think a story around skids would tie both together, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's Man perfect. from Lang ran a um, Call of Cthulhu game based on. Um, oh my God, Curtain Call. <laughs> and oh, I nice. played skids, and, and I played skids, and he asked why I picked skids, and I said. His story is just so good. He's like, he's done a lot of wrong things for the right reasons. It's right. Just, he's a really interesting character. I like that yeah, tagline. Yeah, I love. Uh, it. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh no, I was just, I was just gonna say that I, I love his, uh, his personality, the like, um, criminal with a heart of gold sort of deal. It's really cool. Yeah. Anyone want to shoot a question, or do you want me to just... Uh, base, I'm thinking of a Guardian weapon. Long blade, short handle, go. Cuchilla. Um, <laughs> no, that's got a, that's, No, machete. I promise, people. <laughs> I promise, people. All right. All right, uh, next question, base. <laughs> All right, uh, let's do one from, from someone who emailed one. This is just a fun one. I don't know that there's an actual answer for this, but now that we have Diana Stanley, this is from N. Fellenberg. Um, now that we have Diana Stanley, I, like Sean from Mythos Busters, would like to start the new meme running joke. When is Daryl Simmons going to be released? And can we have an ally Daryl and an enemy Daryl? All brothers. They work for <laughs> Sorry, I didn't catch the end of that. Yeah, you cut out or there, Or does that only work for Peters? <laughs> well obviously i can't tell you uh when if or when daryl will make it into the game but um i mean i think the goal is we'll have all of them in the game eventually right so um i guess you'll just have to wait and see is that um, like a is that like a hard soon yeah well <laughs> i can't say hard soon um but i i can say the idea of ally investigators has been on my mind for a while. I don't, I don't know if that would ever happen. I mean, there's a lot of other characters that we can draw on for allies. Ally, the ally slot is kind of like really competitive slot creatively because it's really the only other place we can like inject new characters into the IP besides like villains. Um, so it'd be kind of a tough sell to add like 50 something new allies that are all investigators, but. Um, it's something that we've done before a lot in uh, in Lord of the Rings and also in Marvel, where we'll have like an ally version of a character and a hero version of a character. And in fact, in Lord of the Rings, there's many, many versions of each character. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe eventually, if the game goes on long enough, I think that's definitely something that could happen. 
And I don't know if you saw it, but there was a thread recently about which allies you would want to see become investigators. And mm. that would be a really cool dynamic to take just a couple here and there that people have like really enjoyed and really grown to love and then, you know, fleshed out what would Milan Christopher finally look like? You know, how would he be right. different? Than, because, I mean, you know, graduation day, right? All the investigators didn't start off as investigators. You know, some of them start off as like beat cops and art students. Right, right. No, it's, it's definitely point. true. And like a lot of our investigator pool, I would say um, all of them, but like the, the few that we've created in the last few years are like legacy characters from older mm. game lines that we've sort of inherited. And so we've, we've kind of done our best with the allies to like breathe new life into the IP with a lot of these characters. And so a lot of them are pretty beloved, I would say. Um, so yeah, I would, I would love to see some allies like promoted to investigator status at some point. Um, I would also just love to see brand new characters. Um, I, I, we had a ton of fun making Stella and Winnie and Nathaniel. Um, some more characters like that just from out of the blue would also be great. Um, Actually, I have a question for you. Um, which ally would you want to be made into an investigator? Ooh, that's Each of you. I feel like the table has been turned like a giant eldritch lazy Susan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I already answered on that post, so I'll go ahead and repeat it here. I think Brother Xavier would be really interesting. He mm. kind of straddles the line of Father Mateo, but there's also uh, you know, the guardian edge, being as he's also a guardian. I don't know. That would be it'd be another hot take. More of a, a supportive role. Mm. What about the rest of you? Uh, chat, chat. Someone said Baron Samdi. <laughs> Not Baron Samdi. Take <laughs> <laughs> horror. What? Take a doom. Why? <laughs> Shut that actually would be kind of really cool, though, right? Because yeah, it would. there'd be a yeah, lot of really interesting cool. designs that you could do. Um, I think for me, I'd uh, really like to see Leo DeLuca. Mm, yeah, Leo DeLuca. Leo DeLuca is great. I actually, I was very happy when he ended up in the in the Roland novella. Uh, that's a character that sort of has grown like out of his original role to become like such a beloved character. I, I think it's the subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Man from Lane. I don't know whether it would be possible due to license licensing issues, but I would love to see uh, Harvey Walters' long suffering friend Kurt. Mm. Okay. Poor I'll Kurt has some... suffered suffered so much over the years that uh since the beginning of Call of Cthulhu that uh dying so many times to Harvey's adventures. <laughs> <laughs> he would definitely have to have a Winnie Lee playability, right? Exactly. Yeah, and I think he's torn apart in every edition of the, uh, oh, the role-playing game. So, poor Kurt. Poor Kurt. Um, and this has already probably been floated, but how cool would it be to see an Ashcan and Duke, where Duke is the lead, and Ashcan's like helping him out by like feeding him snacks and like. Right. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't even yeah, know. Sounds pretty good. I wonder if anyone ever well, thought of it. I would that. love to play that. <laughs> well, speaking right, of how to play, topic in in chat says uh, Delilah O'Rourke. So Ooh. we can pack it up. That's the correct answer. Um, <laughs> there, we there we go. I like oh, what. Good job. Yes, Olive McBride would be great. Oh, Olive. She seems Olive a little. Olive is bad. our uh, <laughs> Arkham Horror the Card Games producer Molly Glover. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah. And a little bit of um, trivia for Bark, you, Nathan. Bark Harrigan is her Shot dog, it. Peaches. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, yep. that's funny because I was singing Peaches for free. I uh, was singing that song, you know, <laughs> as I was playing. Uh, so, I mean, it just meant, meant to be there. Well, I have a very okay. important question for you, MJ. What's hey, your favorite uh, way to play Arkham? My favorite way to play Arkham, mm -hmm. like solo, like to find way. Okay, all right. Like upside, hanging upside down like a bat. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In cultist well, robes, honestly, um, in the basement. It's kind of a cop out answer because I don't get to play Arkham that much outside of like work. Um, most of the time, like I would say, ninety nine percent of the time, I'm playing Arkham. It's playtesting. Um, but I do have to say. After 
you know, after 2020, like, so we used to play test every week. We would order pizza and we'd play test in, you know, in the office uh, every Wednesday. And we had like our crew that would come every week and we'd play. And like, I miss the crap out of that. Um, we, we obviously can't do that anymore. So we, um, we had to, we had to stop doing that. Like in God, April of last year. Um, so we haven't had a weekly playtest in forever. I mean, we still playtest, don't mind. I mean, the, the weekly playtest was one of many, many, but it was my chance to sit down and like engage with some of my local playtesters. Um, so I, I think I have to say that I miss that. I miss that atmosphere, that like routine. Um, I miss the pizza. <laughs> it was great. Hey, we, we have a very so you, long tradition of pizza with... here. Hell yeah! Friday is pizza, pizza and uh, pizza and beer here on the stream. So glad that that tradition is kept up elsewhere too. Watch out, Nate! You're gonna get fat, man. (laughs) Red makes you fat. (laughs) That's such a good movie. (laughs) Fatter. Yeah. Um. That's that's part. Can I jump in with uh, a quick question? This is unfortunately one of mine, so I apologize in advance. Um. After having now designed several cycles and standalones, what would the current mm. MJ tell MJ from four years ago when you were just getting started? Like, what what are a couple bits of advice? And I, I think we've asked something like this before, but I've had people mm-hmm. ask me to ask you something similar, so I just combined it into one question. Sure, and I'm sure it changes every year, too. Um, like, for good reason. You're like, buy a bunch uh, of masks. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, get ready. Twenty two is coming. Twenty twenty. Eh, same difference. You never uh, know what's happening next year. Oh God, don't don't even jinx it. Um, I think. Um, hmm. I think. Uh, I think I would tell myself to uh, don't sweat it and like just do what feels right. I, I think I have a tendency to overthink things sometimes. And um, usually it doesn't end up changing any of my designs because I'll I'll just keep going with it. Um, but like I, I have a tendency to get kind of anxious about like, you know, uh, are people gonna are people gonna like this weird thing that I did? And then people ended up really liking the weird stuff. Uh, people ended up liking the weird stuff more than the normal stuff. So I think uh, just you know, don't be afraid to uh, to just like go with the my gut. Uh, my my gut that is inspired by crazy uh shit that i find like uh or some of my favorite games some of my favorite video games like zero escape that are just uh absolutely wild um yeah yeah make it memorable right yeah absolutely yeah those memorable experiences i think are what stick with people those emotional experiences whether they're good or bad that's what that's what resonates with people yeah yeah, we're all here for the weird, so the more weird, the better. <laughs> Good to Speaking know. Speaking of designing, um, has designing games changed your perspective when playing games designed by other people? Like, are you more critical and oh more God. sympathetic about rules or interactions that don't necessarily work well in a particular game? Yeah, so this is kind of a twofold answer, because on the one hand, I've always been like that. Um so I, I was designing games in my basement with my dad's components. My dad was a game designer, and he would have like all these little components in, in like storage stuff in my basement. And I would make games. I was making games in like middle school. They weren't good, but I was making them. So like when I started playing video games or playing other board games, even like professionally made ones with like whole entire teams and stuff, I would always be like, Hmm, how would I do this differently? You know what I mean? Like what 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 don't I like about this game and what would I fix and that sort of thing. And it was it's kind of a blessing and a curse because I can dissect a game and like figure out what I don't like or what I do like about it and then like I can never go back. I can never just like turn that part of my brain off and just enjoy a game. I have to like break it down to its parts. Um but what I have learned since joining FFG over the last like 8 years is there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that I can appreciate. So now when I open up a game box, it's not just like, is this game good? It's like, 
oh my good look at the look at the the cut on this vacuum tray you know what i mean like i, I can appreciate so many things that i know were probably a nightmare for someone um to figure out and like um artwork and graphic design and stuff like that that it, it kind of was just like behind the scenes quality for me before and now it's like one of the first things that i pay attention to um the way that like a rule book is organized like even just like I will nerd out about like how good an index is now, but like I never would care about that before. That sort of thing. It's really no, interesting um, you say that because I feel the same okay. way with 15 years of uh, cooking experience too. You know, I can look mm -hmm. at a plate of food and really kind of have a different sense of appreciation for it. So I that's really a great analogy. Yeah, I can really understand like, where yeah. you're coming from in that regard. Yeah. When you're a kid, you eat a hot dog and you're like, this tastes good. It's meat with ketchup, done. But then, like, you know, you learn to appreciate the subtlety of uh, the different spices and everything. Yeah, it's it's a lot like that. Um, you know, it's funny. I feel uh, nerdy just like Nate because I was thinking of when I went to film school at Universal Studios and uh, I worked on light sources for eight hours straight while trams were coming by on the set of Jurassic Park 3. And uh, now, of course, anytime I ever watch a movie, everybody's like just enjoying it. And I'm like, holy cow. And they're like, what? And I'm like, they must have done that take like a thousand times because right. that lighting's perfect. Yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting, your perspective. I think every profession has subtleties like that that don't get that, you know, like if you're just like a, a casual connoisseur, you might not notice. Uh, and then the more you delve into it, the more you realize like how much uh other thought gets put into like every little bit of everything you know what i mean just don't delve too deep right? you know <laughs> i mean you get experience that way but <laughs> crazy Oops. all right next uh next question this one's from solar j and uh Ooh, I love this that one guy. says yeah it's it's kind of similar to a question we asked earlier but it's different enough that i think it's worth asking are there any earlier cards in Arkham, such as cards from the core set, uh, you would alter now if you could, knowing the direction that the game has taken? Not specifically taboo list type stuff, which focuses more on supporting the meta, but ones that still work, but perhaps don't hold the same punch. Example, Obscuring Fog. Uh, the return two sets kind of help support this redesign a bit, but he was wondering if there were certain cards that sometimes hold back the design space. So and, like and I know that cards uh, Logan oh, was one of the ones. Player or encounter there. cards. Mm. Um I mean, yeah, obviously. Like any any product that we put out, we're always going to want like wish we could go back and redesign um parts of it or the entire thing. And that's just kind of that's just kind of part of the creative process. Like at a certain point you have to just be hands off and if you keep if you keep like thinking like, oh, I can make it better, I can make it better, I can make it better, all the time, uh, you'll just drive yourself crazy because at some point it has to be done. Um, and done is always better than perfect is like a, mm, a good motto a good for the creative process. Um, that being said, I am, I am kind of a perfectionist. So looking back, like, absolutely. If I could go back to the core set today, I would change things. Um, I, I'm not going to name any specific cards, but definitely like the encounter sets in the core set have have been something that we've become like so attached to. I, I actually quite like that part of the core set design, but there are some there are some encounter sets that I wish um, that were maybe broken out and kept separate, like the treacheries in Midnight Masks that keep getting used over because I I like them um, and they fit so many different um, so many different scenarios. But the fact that they're attached to that encounter set. Um, just makes it a little bit of a pain to set up those scenarios. So I wish I had broken those out, stuff like that. Um, but like, I think a lot of the cards that people think about, like, oh, would you redesign Ancient Evils? And I'd be like, no, Ancient Evils <laughs> is perfect. <laughs> Get wrecked. <laughs> the word evil is in the name because it's an right? evil card. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and and uh, I think like you mentioned, obscuring fog. Like, no, I don't think I would change obscuring fog. I think obscuring fog is. Uh, I just don't is, see it. Is fine, um, but yeah, there there are definitely cards that I would want to change. More so, I think probably on the player side than in, than on the encounter side. That's interesting cool. you say that. 
That's very taboo of you. <laughs> um, uh, I got I got one more quick one to throw in there, and then I'm done uh, on my end. If that's okay with you, base. So I get the thumbs ahead, up. For... I give permission. Right. I grant the permission. <laughs> oh, he just texted me a finger. Right, hold on, let me let me get my uh, phone. Right. Um, simply put, this is something that uh, Vase had brought up when he talked about the possible issues with distribution, uh, the current distribution model. I don't know if you were privy to this uh, in our last podcast or in the group. There, there was talk of in order to make. Uh, entire cycles possible after a cycle comes out to maybe come out with like a super deluxe all the all the uh, packs from a cycle along with the deluxe like a big bundle right because it would be kind of eco-friendly where you wouldn't have all the plastic shells it wouldn't be people hunting multiple countries or paying quadruple prices on from scalpers and people could play because unlike lord of the rings which was awesome Unlike Marvel, which is awesome, with Arkham, if you are missing pack three of the six extra packs, a lot of people just don't play that cycle, right. and it causes a lot of frustration and drop-off. But if you had, because if you bought it all individually, that would be like, what is that, 45, 60, uh, like 115 for the entire cycle? If you had the entire cycle in one box for 100, I know it's a lot of money. It would sell. And coming from 10 years of working at a game store and selling people entire cycles at a time, uh, I think that would sell really well. And plus, it would also be a storage box to boot because the size of the box you'd sell it in could right. be like a kind of a return to new product. Anyway, that we just wanted to share that with you. I'm sure you've heard that. Sounds more like a sales it. pitch than a question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might have designed it and I might be ready to move to uh ffg to take a job there <laughs> you know design some allies yeah don't worry about it it's not a big deal i'll text you later well the rosedale well, mall I, is I really say, nice so <laughs> i can't say what we do or do not have planned in the future as you know that is something i can't talk about but i will say totally. we, we've talked about that a lot uh internally um so it's not it's not something that um it's not something that we haven't talked about and it's not something that we haven't you know debated hotly many many times um there's there's pros and cons to almost every approach that we can possibly take. I happen to, um, I don't want to say more, but yes, I think that that would be, uh, I think that that would be pretty cool. It is tough to sell people on a hundred dollar box. That is, that is nope. kind of tough. Like, I think that's one of the it, biggest like hiccups right there is that like a hundred dollar price point is, um, really daunting for people, but I do think that there's a lot of merit in uh, in what you're saying. Sure. So my last quick interruption, and I'm really good at it. Like in D and D stats, I've got an 18 for interrupting. So I apologize. <laughs> Coming from a sales perspective, and I mean, I sell sold a ton of games, especially a lot of Arkham. Uh, it is not a hard sell. You would think it would be. You really would think it would be. But the amount of times people bought multiple core boxes, that's like mm -hmm. now $90, right? The amount of times people bought entire cycles or selling people $140 Gloomhaven or two random games for $90 to $100. No, you get something that people really want. And there is a very strong community for Arkham. I don't have to tell anybody that twice. <laughs> with all the cycles so you don't have to hunt and find it and you have storage and if there's one other small thing that comes in that box like dividers or you know like a, a special bonus uh encounter set of 10 cards or something something that would make people want to get that entire cycle oh boom are you kidding me that's that's easier to sell than a meh 30 game and right. it's gonna sound that's gonna sound dramatic it is absolutely true, and I could sell that product forever. No, so I, that's, I hear you. That's my I hear you. It's a lot. It's also easier for retailers to store in their in their you know store, not having yeah. like rows and rows and rows of yeah. shells. Um, I will say, if, true. if we if we ever did do something like that, um, it probably wouldn't be in addition to uh, the the clamshells because that's even now it's even more skews. You know what I mean? That that's yeah. that's even more of a hell for retailers. Um, 
saying it would be a replacement potentially instead potentially, of an yeah i mean it, that's something that we debated a lot when we first started working on the game is like how were we going to do the distribution model for this game and we ended up with what we have but it was it was a big debate i mean we talked about that for weeks trying to figure out like what the best thing to do um for me yeah, i'll bring my powerpoint i i really like the episodic nature of the way that mythos packs come out mm -hmm. because it it's kind of like it's kind of like a TV show spreading across multiple weeks. Um, and like I I think I said this um, earlier, but like I'm watching WandaVision right now and I love listening to like yeah. everyone like uh, keeping up with the theories and like Westworld when that was coming out and like, you know, in being engaged with that community. And um, I, I think that that's a better I think that that keeps the community more engaged than like when Netflix drops an entire season of Stranger Things and you watch the whole thing in one night. And then it's out of your mind the next week. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Well, that's a good point with Forgotten Age. I remember seeing people talking. Yeah. Um, no spoilers uh, <laughs> here, but uh, <laughs> in regards to two different factions that were possibly involved with some characters that you meet early in the campaign. Right. And people were shooting all sorts of theories about it. I remember reading a lot of the theories and having a lot of fun just like trying to work all the things that had happened earlier in the campaign. And yeah, it was kind of cool like that. Like you said, like WandaVision, not knowing what's coming next. Yeah. So I, I was a big proponent of that, of, uh, of the episodic nature, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I know you said that you wouldn't want to add, you would want to su uh, substitute. But in a perfect world, if I was in charge of this at FFG, thank God that I'm not, uh, having that episodic <laughs> drama unfold and keep people engaged, I think is great. And then when it's all done, then you give either people that are trying to complete the cycle or people that, you know, patiently waited for this to come out, that all-in-one deluxe option. Then you get best of both worlds, and it would be one one extra skew per cycle. So, I don't know. I see that as being... A nice possibility but i will jump off the topic <laughs> like the bridge like the bridge of thorns i'm jumping off <laughs> all right um another question from solar j he asked a few questions so i'm picking a couple here that aren't related to anything coming in the future uh here's a good one bless and curse have been strong additions to the game but they rely a lot of card interactions and synergies that will probably only be realized after the full cycle is done. The other cycles had their own individual focus on card mechanics like composures, bonded, myriad, seal, etc. Do you have a favorite additional mechanic from uh, the cycles released so far? Hmm. I think it is the Bless and Curse cards. I think they they add so much to not only deck building, but also like the after after four cycles of of pulling tokens from a bag, you get really good at playing the odds, right? You get really good at being like, okay, I'm three up. There's only two tokens that could cause me to fail. All right, cool, I did it. Um, and just having one curse token in the bag just like throws all of your calculations off, and it's it's very hard to to play that probability game. Um, or it's or or you play the same probability game, but you forget that there's two curse tokens in the bag, and it uh, and it screws you over, and that feels kind of good, um, in my opinion. So I I think that they add a lot, even if you're not running the cards that go along with it. They're just they're just cool to exist. Um, and then if you are running all the cards that that like synergize with them, it's I think um, one of the coolest additions that we've done, and also like one of the most complete. Um, with a lot of the other uh, additions that we've done with like player card mechanics and cycles, they're they're usually tied to a, a single faction, like the ceiling cards, um, or they're 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 only in a couple packs, or like the bonded cards in Dream Eaters, where it's not a ton of cards; it's maybe like twelve cards that use them. And I think that uh, the Bless and Curse, we we really like went all in on it. I mean, honestly, it's like half of the cycle I think that that utilizes that mechanic. Um, and I, I think it's gone over really well. I, I really like them. I'm glad that everyone else likes them too. Yeah, I have to say, cool. admittedly, I, have... I was a little, I was a little bit skeptical at first. Um, you know, not. I think being, was... Yeah, being in the, you know, in the different perspective, it's it was hard to see like where it was gonna, where it was gonna go, and how it was gonna pan out. But I think, 
<laughs> I think the way that it has panned out is really cool and really interesting. So I, you know, I think you guys have done a great job in that regard. Awesome. I, I'm really glad. Yeah, it, it was a tough one. It was a tough line to walk because we wanted to put enough cards in the cycle that synergized with it that players didn't think it was like an, you know, like an immediately dead on arrival mechanic or something. Mm -hmm. But we also didn't want it to be every card because then if you didn't like Bless and Curse, you were like, well, I just skipped this cycle, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a tough line to walk. We had, we, we wanted to include enough cards that um, that everyone was happy on both sides. Um, and also, like, I think it's worth noting too that there's a lot of cards in this cycle and in previous cycles that don't explicitly say anything about Bless and Curse tokens, but actually synergize very, very well with them. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a lot of fun. Is like it, it forces you to reevaluate like the entire card pool. Um. Also there was a, a question about possibly releasing that uh, versus mode against the keeper or mm. other slight alternates. And I, and I can't help last note on this. I can't help but think that that would be a really cool addition to like the grand, the grand collection or whatever at the end of a cycle where you're like, Hey, in this box, you can also get uh, the versus the keeper mode or the alter uh, parallel universe, official prints, you know, things like that. Cause I would just buy that. <laughs> I would buy each of those just you to gotta have stop that one being thing, a, let alone the fact that I already buy four of them. Somebody clearly worked and works in sales. <laughs> God. I know. Yeah, hardwired. It's, uh, it, it's tough, too, because I'm the kind of person who will um, continue to take on new projects until it, it buries me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get really excited for new projects, so I'll be like, oh, what if we did this? And what if we did this? And I'll... And added a Wait, yeah, I'll bite off more than I can chew, and I'll choke on it, and they'll they'll be like, "Okay, uh, we're gonna take this project away from you because <laughs> you have too much on your plate." <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna steal Vase's question here, and this was something that was brought up in our Discord server a couple of weeks ago, actually, um, totally unrelated to Arkham, but actually kind of related. Fun question. Definitely a fun question. What is a scary or unexplainable experience that you've had that still scares you when you think about it? Just in general? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like okay. in real life, like maybe supernatural or something you can't explain that happened to you. Yeah, okay. No, this is this is a okay, a little um not too personal, but definitely not a story that I've told to many people. Um when I was in let's see, how old was I? I must have been in middle school. Yeah, I was like I was like 13-ish. Um I used to go to a summer camp that was 4-H camp. It was it was on a farm kind of out east on long island in like riverhead area and it was really cool camp like you would you would learn how to do farming stuff you would like do ranching stuff you would plant uh crops and like do irrigation you would fish all of this stuff and um one day we we're out on on uh, on a tractor learning how to drive a tractor and it started raining so they were like all right we're gonna bring everyone back because you're just sitting in the back of a tractor getting soaking wet um and as the tractor was heading back um, it was like kicking, the wheels were kicking up mud into the back of the tractor. So we're all like covered in mud, like miserable. It sucked. And then we got back to the lodge and someone, like a girl came up to me and like wiped the mud off of my face and, and like gave me a smile and then left. And I never saw that person again. That person does not exist. I swear to God, I went looking for that person to say thank you. They vanished off the face of the planet i i asked like did you see a girl look like this like brown hair yellow like raincoat whatever doesn't exist i swear to god it was a ghost i i i don't know that was poppy <laughs> poppy in my <laughs> yeah in my nightmare in my tractor nightmare <laughs> that's very yeah it was just a creepy wow. it was very weird i like i was there for two months like, it's unlikely that seven weeks of camping, I would not see that person again. There were only, like, 100 people at the camp. It's very strange. But well, we have her in the Discord right now, a uh, random girl who wipes <laughs> mud off of boys' faces. Why don't you introduce yourself? There you right. go. I like, I like when you ask that question, Nate. Um, Sub Zero Joe, his answer was spiders. What is spiders. It? Yeah, it's just spiders. Spiders. Spiders in general. Yeah. Just For spiders. a second, I thought you were asking, have you ever had a supernatural occurrence happen while playing Arkham Horror, the card game? Now that would be crazy. Now, now have you? Cool. 
No, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I was playing and then I looked and then my entire collection was gone. And it's like, yeah, someone just robbed you. Like, <laughs> that's supernatural. You're like, no, that's just really shitty, actually. I'm sorry. Right, yeah, no, that just sucks. <laughs> Maybe a ghost really likes my game. Uh, so we have a question from chat from Phileon for you, MJ. Uh, what's your favorite mechanic on a location, negative or beneficial? On a location? Mm, that's hard because there's so many. Um, I really, really like the endless staircase in Thousand Shapes. I think that's like one of my favorite like location mechanics. Um, and I can't claim credit for that. That was all Danny, uh, Daniel Schaefer. He, he designed that scenario and, uh, it ended with the, just the flight down the staircase and, um, and nothing else, right? It was just get to the end of the staircase. Nothing, nothing fancy about it. And then he brought well, me over one day and he was like, steps. <laughs> yes, he, he brought me over and he was like, yo, yo, check this out. And he like picks up the location at the bottom and he just moves it to the top. And like he had like you know some some someone like on the staircase, and I was like, "Oh, that's oh, that's evil. Let's do it." <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's cool. Well, if anyone goes down that endless staircase, they'll eventually find Skid's corpse there. Because the last time I <laughs> oh no! That scenario, well, there, there is oh, surrounded Skid. by ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> Not like that, Skids. It's the goo. Um so this is another solar day question. Uh did you did you check out the adversarial draft mode from Scott and Casey from Mythos Busters? And if so, did you enjoy it? What did you think about it? I did. Um I didn't play it. Well, I, I think I did briefly like test it out with them. Um I didn't play through like a full game or anything. I just kinda like they showed me what it was all about. Um, I thought it was really cool. Um, I love drafting, so I, I I love the idea of like adding a draft mode to a game that doesn't have it, like a game that isn't collectible and doesn't have the like draft capability. Um, a lot of people don't know. I actually worked on one of the draft sets in Netrunner back in the day. Um, I forget which one it was. It was the third one, I think. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, drafting is cool. I, I like what they did with it. I like the the idea of like creating your character instead of just drafting it. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was neat. I, I'm glad that they did it. I hope they do more stuff like that. Alternate game modes are great. This is uh, I I'm not quite sure if this is a question. And if it is, it's probably one. You oh, can't whoa, really whoa, answer, whoa. But it's think a... about what you're asking before you ask it, base. Okay, okay, I'll ask this one instead then. <laughs> uh, from JP. <laughs> From JP, Northern Lights over Arkham. It's a long one. One <laughs> of my favorite campaign starts <laughs> is the Dunwich Legacy Deluxe Box, as you can vary the campaign a bit by choosing between the two scenarios on which to play first. Have you ever thought of expanding this to be a mechanic for a complete campaign in some degree? Here's an example. At the start of the campaign, you can choose between 1A and 1B in either order. Then you can play 2A or 2B in either order and so on and so forth. The scenarios have slight variations depending on the order. Then the final scenario takes into account the order in which you played in some degree. The story would be that the investigators are solving what seems to be separate and smaller standalone cases, which eventually tie into the same culprit at scenario four. Would this be too much of a nightmare to design? See, it sounds pretty cool. It sounds awesome. I, I don't think it'd be too much of a nightmare. Play, yeah. uh, I mean, so... Uh, to to uh, to Nathan's credit, I think one of the one of the uh, bad things about our current uh, distribution model is the scenarios all come out in order, and you have to then play them in order. Technically, we we kind of did sort of that idea with Dream Eaters, where you could play one A and then one B and then two B and then two A and then whatever you could go back and forth. But the the order in which you played them didn't really matter. It was more just that way because once you had all eight. You could like choose to do a different order for fun, um, but like they're still gonna come out in that order. So the first time you play, you're always gonna play it in that order, right? And and so that's kind of the downfall of of that of that method of like, let's say we did a campaign like what uh, you just described, right? Um, ultimately, pack three is gonna come out when pack three comes out, and everyone's gonna play it 
when pack three comes out, they're not going to wait until pack four, unless they were waiting until the whole cycle is done anyway, in which case maybe they'll just do the whole cycle at the end. Um, I, I guess I don't really have a, a concrete answer beyond that does sound really cool, and I'd love to explore something like that someday. Um, I, I know that we're, uh, we're definitely looking into doing some wacky stuff in future campaigns, for sure, in terms of linearity and the lack thereof. <laughs> yeah, Unite just posted in chat that a big box with eight scenarios that you could do in any order would be quite quite ridiculous. I totally agree. That was actually an idea that I had echoed a few weeks ago too. That would be super cool. Thank uh, you, Unite. Like standalones in a way. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so another important question: How's your cat? Oh, just real quick. Uh, uh, she's uh, great. Are we doing okay time wise? I know you said you had to split around this time. Oh, I, I posted uh, in, in your thing. I, oh, okay. I moved my thing to one thirty. so you got me okay. for another half hour. So, right. yeah, continue about the cat. Um, I, I expected her to be here. She usually, whenever <laughs> I'm on a call, she usually hops over and, and meows into the microphone incessantly, but I don't see her. She must be hiding under the bed, as she is wont to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, next uh, next question. Uh, I guess I should have asked this when we were talking about Bless and Curse, but going back <laughs> to Bless and Curse. Uh, nice. So Bless and Curse brings a new dynamic to the card design. If you could go back, do you think you would have put them, put them in the game from the very beginning? Or do you think it's, it fits better just as a single cycle thing? Um, it's tough to say because with the core set, you always have to walk a fine line between depth and simplicity. And I worry that adding them right in the very beginning might have been too much. Um, but maybe it wouldn't have. I, I don't know. I would have to go back and if 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 I could go back in time, I wouldn't necessarily add them, but I would definitely like test them and see how easily people are able to pick up the concept. I think one of the reasons why they work so well now is because we've become so ingrained in the way that like the chaos bag currently works that they really shake things up. And if they were in there from the beginning, maybe they wouldn't shake things up quite as much or at all. Um, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, um, I, to... oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, I, I mean, I, was, I think I was just gonna reiterate what I already said, but like, I think <laughs> that, I think that they worked better now than they would have if they had been included in the core set to begin with. Um, but uh, I do, I do love them, and I do kind of wish that you didn't necessarily need Insmith to have them. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a, it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, and I'm also getting um, a question from YouTube about uh, the blowgun, and I don't think it's a lot of hot air. I think it has oh, a point, sure. kind of tongue in cheek. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't mean to dart around so much, but. Uh, <laughs> I really feel like a future expansion would do well with lung-powered weaponry. So that's all I had to say. Uh, I appreciate that. You really pierce into that issue. Um, so uh, to piggyback on the uh, Curse Bless thing, Solar J asked, is it better to have standalone interactions such as Myriad and Seal that are clearly understood or more integrated ones like Bless Curse. And I don't know what he means by better. I'm assuming like for design purposes. Um, I think the important thing to remember when designing stuff is like the more the more you add that isn't self-contained, the more it will compound on itself over time. Um, stuff like Myriad is great because it's one and done. If you don't have that expansion, you don't need to know what Myriad is. Um, if you're playing with someone else who's playing Myriad cards and it comes up, it probably won't affect you ever. Um, they can just play Easy Mark and then you're good and you just keep playing and you don't need to know that what, what Easy Mark did. Um, with Bless and Curse, because it's more integrated, like you say, it, it means that like... It, it, <laughs> It's kind of like you have to be sparing with that kind of design. If you add too much of that, then by 
you know, year six or year seven or year eight, you have a ton of integrated mechanics. And um, when you try to introduce it to a new player, it's overwhelming, right? Um, so yeah, it, like both have their pros and cons. And I think the trick is to just be sparing when, uh, when, uh, when introducing a new mechanic that has that level of integration. Mm. Um, and what are some rejected mechanics that never made it past R&D, if you're allowed to talk about that? <laughs> like, like Trench Knife clearly had some mechanic that made it really powerful that didn't make oh, it yeah? past R&D. Is that so? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, rejected mechanics. I, so I'm not allowed to talk about a lot of stuff that we don't, that we didn't ever like do. I, there have been a couple that I've talked about specifically. I wouldn't say they're rejected mechanics so much as they are like alternate versions of existing mechanics, because that's more more commonly what will happen is we'll come up with an idea, we'll try something, it doesn't work, we'll tweak it, we'll try it again, it doesn't work, we tweak it again, we keep iterating and iterating until we come up with what you see. And you don't see all of those past iterations. Um, so one example is actually the, the Blessing Curse tokens. They didn't used to be plus two and minus two, they used to be Elder Signs and Auto Fails. Just straight up auto fails and and more elder signs, and it was um it, obviously a lot more impactful. Like adding one curse token to the bag was huge. It was doubling your auto fail percentage. Um, but it was all it was too much. It was too much, and um, especially with the blessed tokens, like getting your elder signs over and over and over again when you had all the other cards that were adding blessed tokens, it was it was a bit crazy. Um, so we scaled it back to what you see now, and I think that was the right the right play. Um, we also had like a previous version of Calvin who dealt with weaknesses. That's one that I've, I've said, um, before, uh, on, uh, one of our live streams where like he, instead of powering up based on damage and horror, he powered up based on like how many weaknesses he drew that, that game. Um, and yeah, for various reasons, we scrapped that as well. Usually when we scrap something, it's because it's not fun <laughs> and bad. So I don't think anyone should get attached to them. No, I, I think yeah. uh, touching back for just a hot second on you're not including Blessed and Cursed at first and adding them later. I do feel like getting people used to them kind of, you know, grease the wheels of sorts, getting ready for that. Just like uh, mm -hmm. Betrayal at House on the Hill, extremely popular board game, originally had six floors. <laughs> and they were like, nope, nope, <laughs> cut it down to three. And then the right. expansion added one floor. And of course, everybody knew how to play. So adding one floor was exciting. So right. no, I, I definitely see what you're saying with the whole keep it simple, stupid concept. Uh, and yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Man from Lang, it seems like you have a question. Uh, yes, I did have one rules question that uh, uh -oh. came up when I was playing yesterday. How do the <laughs> uh, how do the unspeakable oath weaknesses work with the uh, pit of despair unspent experience? Is it just the same? Like if you fail to achieve the objective on the unspeakable oath, does it just you lose the two XP and then I... you gain the XP? from the unspent experience during the interlude yeah i think i think the way it works is you still earn the xp at the end of pit of despair you just can't spend it yet so with unspeakable oath you would just earn fewer and you would write well, it, that it, I think, it would still be affected by the unspeakable oath you and you still just can't spend it i guess my question was what came up because it's sort of divided into two sections so mm -hmm. you earn xp based on the victory display which i believe is is pretty minimal in that scenario like you can earn say from the uh, i believe it's the underground rivers so let's say if i cleared those and then subtracted two from that and then you have the interlude uh afterwards when you you can also gain some experience points. So say if I don't hmm. if I don't earn any experience points in the scenario itself because I don't clear any locations or kill any enemies, does that minus two carry over to the interlude? Or is that done at that point and then I earn the interlude experience points? Yeah, I, I think the interlude is separate. Okay. Unspeakable oath should only affect the scenario that you're playing, not the interlude that follows. 
Okay, well, that's good news. <laughs> good question. Uh, that's those those uh, are pretty difficult for uh, the one I drew for Silas was the, the investigation one, which is not his uh, not his forte. So uh, I'm glad that I earned a little bit of experience points anyway. Um, going back to something for just a hot second, I know we talked about possible ideas going forward. We talked about what's worked out well. And coming from a sales perspective and a gaming perspective, right now I'm playing Pandemic Season 1. I'm also tomorrow going to be, be playing my second run-through of Clank Legacy. Hmm. Uh, just put this in, in your brain pan and let it simmer for a bit or talk to people at FFG. Um, but I think a standalone potentially or a or a deluxe box it isn't a cycle it's a like a legacy one-time go through would be really cool uh let's say it costs like 30 dollars, and i don't know if you've done any legacy games but your main cards yeah your, your main cards yeah. you wouldn't alter so you wouldn't have to worry about ripping them up or defacing right. them or whatever but you would get some additional cards that you could put some stickers on. So maybe you can get a magnifying glass and something unlocks it so that you can now see something else, you know, or you do have choices where you do A or B and you rip the other one up and it's gone forever. And I think that Arkham doesn't necessarily need a legacy mode. But if you had a small pool of cards and a special adventure, it was specifically tuned to work with the, with the mythos and with some of the mechanics that have already been established, that would be really cool. And it would sell well and people would rebuy it to do it again, especially if it wasn't too expensive. Nathan, you're preaching to the choir. Okay. All right. That, that idea has chat been said, living uh, rent free in my head since 2016. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Nathan. Free rent. I mean, I, uh, I do Nathan. think that one of the, one of the nice things about Arkham is it, it sort of sells that legacy experience without um, without needing any of those mm -hmm. those expense components um, or without you know needing like recharge packs to play over and over and over again. Um, but I love legacy games. I've loved legacy games since Risk Legacy. Me and my yeah. friends played Risk Legacy when it first came out. I saw it on a on a shelf and immediately bought it just because the idea sounded so good. And I've been playing them ever since. Um, I would love to see something like that. Yeah, that'd be yeah, really cool. Yeah, Arkham is, Arkham is legacy light. That's what I like to call it when it can feel like a legacy, but fully resettable. And I don't think that should ever right. change. But a small addition, like a standalone box or a standalone even pack, it gives you a taste of that. Holy crap, like I keep dismissing it, like, oh, it doesn't need it. And then I think of more ideas to make that really exciting and sell really well. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, that would be so good. Yeah, yeah. Well, like on the, the subject of morph. board games, uh, we were having a little chat about board games in our last episode. I'm curious, MJ, what are some of your favorite board games recently? Good question. Recently or just in general? Just in general. Um. Oh, geez, that's tough. I will. Okay, so like my favorite board game of all time is Twilight Imperium. Um, I I, I bought Twilight Imperium on a whim in a Walden Books. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say I bought it. I begged my dad to buy it for me because I was a kid. <laughs> and um, and he did. Bless his heart. He bought a $100 something board game um, because I wanted it. Um, but that, yeah, that game, I, I absolutely adore that game. That's probably the game that got me into Fantasy Flight as a company. Um, what else? Uh, I really like the Pandemic Legacy series. I think those games are fantastic. Um, I recently played Season Zero, and uh, it was just a blast. Um, I mean, gosh, what else? Gloomhaven's a lot of fun. Um, I, it's it's almost too much content. I, I, I haven't beaten either version of it. Uh, I really like the... Uh, I really like Dice Throne. I've been playing that a lot lately. Um, Dice Throne is a really fun game with some spectacular graphic design. Have you done I mean, the new yeah. Dice Throne Adventures? Yeah, I just got it. I just got it in the mail like two weeks ago. It's so much fun. It's, it's, it's great. Phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've I could go on and on. There's so many games that I've played. Uh, 
I actually had to uh, get, get rid of about two thirds of my board game collection because when I moved in September, I found out that my basement had flooded and the water damage had destroyed, oh. I think, over $400 worth of board games. Um, so that oh, sucks. That sucks. <laughs> Yeah, you know what though? It was a good excuse for me to thin out my collection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have a wall of shame? I do. <laughs> what's, I do. what's on the Actually, wall? Actually, I, no, I don't even have a wall of shame. I have a basement full of boxes of shame because I never unpacked them when I moved in last fall. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I have that too. Yeah. Unfortunately. And you've been okay, playing well, a lot of Hades recently, too, right? What'd you say? Uh, you've been playing a lot of Hades recently? That's a game oh I've been God, yeah. loving. So I, I actually play... I probably play more video games than I do board games mm -hmm. by, by, like, a factor of three. Um, so, uh, yeah, Hades is fantastic. That's probably my, my game of... Uh, game of the year for last year. Um, I play a ton of Destiny. Destiny is, like, one of my favorite games of all time. Like, always playing it. Um... I love RPGs. I love like the Persona series. Um, Octopath Traveler was great. Um, actually, if you go on my on my website, on my blog, I'm doing a series right now about some of my favorite gaming moments, uh, video game moments. Um, so check that out. Yeah. And that's on your the site you linked earlier. Yes, I will. I will write it into Twitch chat so that the viewers can uh, check it out. Cool. It's it's a I, I cannot believe I got this URL, but it's BewareTheBlackCat.com. It always feels Whoa. great when you get the you get the URL that you wanted and it's cheap because I remember right? yeah oh. I remember when we tried to get our our hosting done. I remember trying to get Great Old Ones Gaming was two thousand dollars a month, but putting the word the in front of it twenty dollars. Okay. Nice. <laughs> okay. I wonder if you can do a my name is Earl but URL instead. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> My name is Earl.com. <laughs> Pretty witty. All right. I think I, unfortunately, right. I, I do have a prior engagement at 1.30. I think I have time for one more question, if you've got a, a good closer. Um, yes. Absolutely. No pressure. No, oh, goodness. <laughs> um, I'll do a chat one. Oh, go ahead, Nate. I was just going to say, yeah, I, I have a closing question. What Do it. Do you have any questions for us? Do I have any questions? What is this? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the Nathan right now. Do I have any questions for you? I, honestly, no. Uh, but I will say um, thank you so much for everything that, that you guys do for the community. Uh, it's wonderful that we have so many different um, content creators and YouTubers. And like um, every time a pack drops and, and you're doing like analysis of the cards and playthroughs of the scenarios i'm honestly it does so much for the game i don't think i don't think you even realize how much it does for the game uh to have such a uh engaged community um it's really fantastic my my subscription feed is just filled with arkham videos and it makes me really it makes me really happy and it makes me really proud um thank you so much wow and thank you that was that was really nice <laughs> of you to say Did yeah you? i mean you you make such a great great game you know it's so easy for for everyone i think to kind of band around it and the sense of camaraderie that the game provides to the players too i think really helps to reinforce that too which is awesome so i mean case in point today right we've raised over fifteen hundred dollars yeah. as of right now right doctors without orders, so. incredible but uh, yeah and um, Oh, go well, ahead, Nathan. I mean, I was just going to say that um, remember, MJ, any organs you ever need uh, donated, I am willing to <laughs> donate any, including my heart. Because uh, as we all know, we, we could use the extra content out there, not so much my jokes. So, I mean, I'm getting a lot of uh, <laughs> preach from uh, the chat. Uh, give it now. Yeah, now. So everybody agrees with me. I will ask uh, one final question that I think everybody in the community wants to know, and that is, are we going to have news of the new next cycle soon? Um, the next cycle, I don't think I can tell you uh, anything about that, but, but I can did. tell you that 
you should <laughs> if i did it would be no um For charity yes uh, sadly, I'm on a, they have me on a tight leash right now i can't spoil anything but i can say that you should uh stay tuned to our webpage and our social media next thursday around that time you might have something Ooh, Ooh. Nice. i don't know if you've been paying attention to ffg's twitter lately mm -hmm. there are some cryptic messages that i've been feeding so I love the artwork, <laughs> cool. by the way. Oh my for, god, yes. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Really, honestly, Linka destroyed those pieces. Um, I had so much fun writing the descriptions for those. I probably, I think I spent more time writing the descriptions on each of those than I have on almost any other card. They're really fun. Wow. I'm, I'm really big into MJ, Arrow, thank you. So. Thank you uh, one million times for all you do for coming on the show. And we hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Thank you so much. I, I'm looking forward to uh, looking back and watching the recording of this later. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was going to be more creative, but I guess it wasn't. Um, I will just put some music in. <laughs> awesome well thank you so much uh, sorry again for being on yeah, uh, deadline care. i wish i could stay longer thanks for being flexible yeah no worries we oh, appreciate any time thank you onyx says goodbye bye onyx oh wait my cat just showed up wait come here <laughs> come on look oh, look at the screen you might see a cat onyx all right hold on one second oh yeah this is worth it i got onyx ready uh, okay come here oh Kitty cat. Look, look. Yes. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Look, you kitty. Upside down. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so fluffy. Okay. Thank you. Love we appreciate it. it. No problem. Thank you. Right, I gotta bounce. Yep. Bye. 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 <laughs>